0: At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington, and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hi, welcome to Remote Control, Varieties TV Podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking to Julia Roberts and Sam Esmail about their new series for Amazon, Homecoming. Stay tuned. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. I'm here with Sam Esmail and Julia Roberts. Hi. Congratulations on Homecoming.
2: Thanks. We're excited.
0: You ready to show it to the world? We are. Yes,
1: we really are. Yeah, we
2: really are, yeah. yeah. Now we're chomping at the bit yeah. the world soon.
1: <laughs> we don't want to know all the secrets. Right. I want to know all the secrets. It's hard to keep a secret.
2: Yeah, it is. But But that's why we have each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sort of amazed we just came from the panel at TCA. You guys have this great chemistry together. Was that instantaneous between the two of you? It kind of was. It kind of was. It
2: kind of was. I mean, honestly, the first time we talked to one another was over Skype. Skype. And I was in New York. It was two weeks before my wedding. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about that. Yeah. And then we talked about work. But we we just knew we were just. We
1: had a, there was a, and it was like alchemy. There was repartee. was. Right instant
2: we're just friends yeah more than anything and, didn't and he, he was so funny like because
1: i said i'd really like for you to direct all these episodes and sam goes oh okay well uh we, we, we could do that or we could do or we could do something like and he sort of presented this other thing and he goes or we could do something like like this and i said okay well, I'd like for you to direct all the episodes. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> um, let me uh, let me just let, let me let me work on that and uh, and so when we finished talking, we had this great conversation, and my husband says, "What do you think?" And I go, "I, I think I don't know if he's going to direct all the." I mean, that was for me.
2: That, no, that was, was the, the crazy part because I had I have this other. issue. Little this other show <laughs> girl, you guys I've might have heard and, of it, <laughs> and um, and I was I think initially just uh, gonna do the first couple episodes and then uh, and then we were gonna find another director to do all the rest. But after our Skype, I was like, no, I'm I want to I want to be with Julia on, on this journey. This, she's she's awesome.
0: Why was it so important to you that he direct all the
1: episodes? Well, I just felt coming into television, I needed something. Um, some way of creating content that was familiar and a comfort to me. And the thing that I rely on utterly is my director and that continuity. And I couldn't imagine, particularly with a piece like this, um, chopping it into pieces and giving each piece to someone else to care for on our behalf. It just seemed, I mean, it seems strange to me in general.
2: It is strange. I mean, even me, I remember that first season. And again, I had amazing directors. But the concept of just con- continually handing it off to someone else, translating tone in an hour and having them kind of ramp up on the character work and all of that. And then and then every week actors having to kind of reacclimate to a different director for seven days and then move on to somebody else. It just it it feels it feels unproductive. I don't know. It
1: just felt like compartments. And also, I was fortunate that my husband, who's a cinematographer, had just done a television show. And just hearing, I didn't know anything about.
2: He shot the whole
1: show, right? He shot um, the Last Tycoon, which was was an Amazon show, so beautiful and a great show. And the director that. that, too soon. Yes, that did it, and did the pilot, and I think the finale for sure. But didn't do all of them, and that was the strange thing. A lot of the actors in that show are friends of mine, and it's the strange thing of you kind of there's a momentum that you want to right. build on over such a long period of time. That's right. you know it's a much longer time frame than a movie, and so I, I just felt we needed to have a captain. One captain. It makes a lot of sense.
0: Was that something that held you back from doing TV before? What was it made you finally say yes to doing TV?
1: No, it hasn't ever held me back. I mean, I haven't really been asked to do a lot of um, television. And, but this was not really, I, I just thought of it as this great story. And to have this great storyteller say, hey, I've got this cool story and, you know. And then it just, oh, like, once it started to come together, it
2: just yeah. came together
1: like that. Yeah. What were the biggest challenges of pulling this together?
2: Well, I think, honestly, the biggest challenge personally was my schedule. Because I was literally kind of wrapping and editing the third season of Mr. Robot while we were prepping for Homecoming. Um, but there weren't I mean that's the thing we kept I, I remember it was so smooth and I'm like well you know every production's smooth at, you know, at first and everybody loves each other and everybody then,
1: talks you know. about the grind yeah. oh just wait for the grind yeah. to and kick it's in it's gonna hit and
2: it just and never, never did. did it really never did and uh, you know it just like the feeling we were uh, we had up there on the panel is like the feeling on set I mean we were just always trying to have a good time every every day we came to work and we were all friends we all really liked each other and it was genuine it yeah. was authentic yeah mm-hmm. So no challenges.
1: (laughs) There was was some, you know, challenges in trying to perform our task to the best of our abilities. But as far as the chemistry amongst us and Sam brought together such an incredible crew. So many people that I knew from film um, and my work experience that were on our crew. And it was um, it was almost like every day we just wanted to see how much harder we could make it and accomplish our goals. And
2: honestly, uh, she's right. Like in terms of in terms of creatively, I think we challenged ourselves, you know, I mean, um, a lot of what I did ask is these long takes where we're not cutting and it's almost like they're, it's almost like theater. They had to, yeah, yeah, they had to do a 10 page scene. They had to know all the lines and they had to understand the blocking and they had to understand where the camera was going. And I mean, Julia has such a great relationship with the camera operator and the dolly grip, um, to get a lot of those crazy moves that I always insist on, Mm -hmm. um, to to get them to work, she has to kind of have this choreograph. We had to dance have our little meetings. It's like, okay, that's yeah. what
1: Sam wants. So, what are yeah. you going to do? Okay, and so what am I going to do? Okay, and so okay, let's just okay break, right. and then we just go off and do it. And I will say this for for Sam and the long takes and the long scenes, which are um pretty magical, but they're daunting, and you know, not to say I'm you know I'm the seasoned you know. I was stuffing those words into my head like you couldn't believe. But I'll tell you, Stefan James.
2: Oh, my God. he's yeah, Boy,
1: oh, boy. And when it really, I mean, he's always word perfect. He is ready to go. And when we would get a little ahead of schedule and our AD, who I've also had worked with before, Peter Cohn, who's incredible. And he, you know, is so caring to everybody and what we all have to accomplish. And I remember one day he came into the makeup trailer and said, you know, listen, we're a little ahead, and we might need to move some things up for tomorrow. So it could be, you know, this, or it could be this nine-page scene, you and Stefan. That would be better. Um, (laughs) And I said, you have to ask Stefan, because especially this one scene, he was really driving the scene. Not only did Stefan say, "Sure," but when Always. we rehearsed it that night before right after we wrapped, he was already yeah it all, off it was book. off book yeah amazing, yeah, so I was really impressed with him, and he 's so wonderful in the show,
2: yeah,
1: and I was thinking too i mean you 're taking a po- like we 've seen a lot of books turned into
0: TV shows, but you 're taking a podcast that 's entirely fictional that's so audio that 's so much about the conversations between all of those people. How did that translate to the screen for you? Was that something you were conscious of or you just wanted to tell the story the way you wanted to tell it?
2: I mean, personally, one of the things I remember when my agent brought it up to me initially, I didn't even want to listen to it like that, you know, to, in thinking to adapt it because I'm like if it's great, why why mess with it? Um and, but then I binged it as just a, as a fan and I was obsessed with it and I loved it. And then when I binged and I binged it a second time and I realize there were moments in that in the podcast that were limited by the format that i could that you could expand upon visually and and actually kind of not not make it it's not a it's not a qualitative different or in terms of whether it's better than the podcast but it's just very different um and it's kind of like what bobby said on the panel today that the two things are kind of now just different creatures and that's when i got really excited and just to give you a small example there's a scene in the podcast where Walter Cruz is talking about how Schreier and him, you know, kind of ran away from the facility, and they stumbled upon, or they're looking, they're kind, kind of confirmed whether or not they're in Florida, and they stumble upon the retirement community. Well, in hearing, you know, Walter tell that story, you kill all the suspense because you obviously know he gets out of it alive and everything's fine. But now, you know, in the visual format, we can actually be with those two characters as we're kind of in suspense as to what is actually going on. And then when they discover it, we're, we're along with the ride, uh, along with the ride with them. So it's stuff like that that I remember thinking, oh, there's something here that we could really tap into visually. Um, and then you know, and just in terms of like, you know, the writers actually, you know, we kind of diverted a lot from the podcast. We, you know, the the, the television show, the storyline co- goes in a very different direction. Um, but just the the world that we can create with the production design and the, and the wardrobe. Um, and you know, and the cinematography—it's just you know—the creative team that I had backing backing me on this is just amazing. And they just you know—I've
1: can... never walked onto a set at work and been right. like, "Yeah, oh my goodness, this looks amazing." A whole other I was on the set. It was, it was fantastic. Right. It was. Oh, you were on the stage? Yeah, man. yeah. yeah no. The big set. It was remark. It was just remarkable. Yeah,
2: she did a great she job. She did an amazing Anastasia job. Stage Yeah.
0: And Julia, what about for you? How did you get into this character having listened? I'm assuming you listened to the podcast.
1: I listened to the podcast. And as I've done many, many nights in my um, life as an actor, I went to sleep wishing I was Catherine Keener and wishing that I had her talent and her voice and her everything. Um, And it really is one of those things where you just have to feel inspired in your enthusiasm that you bring to the workplace and everything else you have to let it go because you're different you have your different approach and your different sensibility of things and um you know but once you get in there and with Sam and Stefan or Bobby or Dermot you know whomever it just it was like a creative playground really and and it does get very different than the podcast
2: yeah i mean honestly none of us ever wanted to copy what they did because what they did was great we just wanted to own it and make it something very different and unique and distinct and i think and i and honestly you know again like with the visual format of it all it really did break open some things that were limited in the podcast
0: i know the podcast creators were involved as producers what questions
1: did you have of them as you went to sort of build out this world how do you sleep at night? was <laughs> my recurring question. There's such, um, affable, you know, bouncy guys. And this is so intense and like sinister. I know. It's, it's like when, you, it, it when I met not... Patrick Marber for the first time. And I was like, how did you write closer? You're so sweet. Right. Your wife is so nice. What, you know, <laughs> how do you sleep? You know? And it was with Eli and Micah. They're always smiling. Yeah. And, uh, Always, they're just like Boy Scouts,
2: right? They're ready. And they're eager to collaborate. Yeah. And you know, there was nothing precious about the podcast or anything like that. They were like so on board with trying to create something with us as opposed to impose anything.
0: Yeah. What about narrative questions? Were the things that you wanted to explore thematically that they helped you out with?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that because I mean, that was the 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 when we were when we were adapting into the TV show the second season. The, the podcast had not happened and I really wanted to take the tv show in a different direction than what they did in the second season um and it was I mean they were obviously you know again very open and collaborative but they were also excited to just try something different and when we talked about because I really wanted the center you know, to me the heartbeat of this show is the relationship between Heidi and Walter, and so I really wanted to center the storyline, really be laser focused on that journey, on on what each character does, but specifically how Heidi sort of reconciles everything by the end. So you know they were they were great to work with.
0: And what about working with Amazon? You mentioned your husband had a good experience. Was that something that convinced you to do this? Yeah,
1: and we're hoping free shipping. You know, <laughs> just if we, keep, you know, if we keep at keep it, saying
0: it. <laughs> Amazon, are you listening? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, no, they're, they're great. They're great. They're, they
1: supported us and they trusted ways. us. I would say is yeah. a better word, just to say, okay, we've we've let this team assemble, yeah, and now we have complete trust and faith in what is going to take place. Wouldn't you say?
2: Absolutely. And what we were doing a lot of times were crazy things. It was you know? pretty crazy. And, like what? Well, <laughs> I mean, just like building that set. I mean, yeah. which is a little unheard of, and um, and shooting these long oneers with no coverage. And this is, and we're embracing that this is what the show's going to be and feel like, and to the unusual tone that we were kind of str- uh, going after, where it's not just going to be like the sort of straightforward thriller that it was going to be, kind of its own unique identity. Um, they, they just they just went along for every risk and didn't really blink. Never questioned it at all.
1: And the thing about, I think, the half-hour drama, which somebody brought up yeah. earlier, because really that never made any sense to me. I was like, well, how can you be dramatic in 30 minutes? Right. Though I could answer that on a daily basis. <laughs> but I was like, how, you know, and yet, under the helms of Sam Esmail, It is, as soon as it's over, it's like, oh my, are you kidding? (laughs) Like, I just remember the first episode when it ended, because I sort of forgot that it was going to ever end. Right. And when it was over, I truly was like, oh, this can't be happening right now.
2: Weirdly, I think the reverse, because I'm watching her at the end, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what is she going to say? And even before she says anything, I'm just literally mesmerized by her face and then she gives the answer and then walks away and that to me is what oh um,
1: it's so it's so crazy the 30 minute drama is so crazy in the best possible way it's like i don't know what it's like it's just
2: it just i think eli actually kind of or eli or micah actually answered this on the panel you know it, it if if your story is laser focused and very intimate why create other storylines bc storylines to fill an hour needlessly mm. why not just be that laser focus on that story and especially because we're on a streaming uh network you know we you, you'll get to watch them all at once there isn't this like painful wait between episodes i
1: wanted people to have pain i wanted people to, have to, <laughs> to have to wait that week and be like well, i can't even and that way it's like it's a happy fury that's what I was going for. A
2: happy fury. A happy fury. <laughs> That'll be our next project, Julia. Happy, a happy fury. fury coming soon <laughs> to Amazon.
1: I love the idea too that though that
0: each half hour ends on a cliffhanger. What you were talking about, it really does. It does. That's yeah. what Micah had said. Yeah. Just to
1: end on really kind of a high stakes yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, it's that's I think really and cool. What's
2: What's really good about the way it's written is that it's all the the twists and cliffhangers and reveals are all character based. There are not car chases or bombs going off or guns in, in each other's faces. These are just about characters and their secrets and their desires and when they reveal who, what they're doing to each other and relationships – that's that's what when I said old school thrillers, that's what that's what it was about, and that's what this show's about.
1: You are really good at talking. I want to see the show now. Oh, wow. Did
2: I saw it. I can't
1: that's wait good. to see it.
2: I, I, Happy Fury sold me.
0: Uh, <laughs> and does the first season end on a cliffhanger too?
2: Well, I'm not going to answer there, that question. There might be a Deborah, car you, chase. You know me. We might yes.
0: But this is what I do. I ask, and then you don't answer. Yeah. We've been been down
2: this road before. I know. It's a fun road. You know what's
1: nice about my relationship with Sam? Everything I ask him, he has to answer me. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get in
0: on that? I have that. I need to get in on that. (laughs) All right, last question, because I think we're getting the hook. Um, Any chance they're going to show up in Mr. Robot?
1: (gasps) Well, Rami is a friend.
2: They have worked together. Yes,
1: we have. He came to visit.
2: I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We're going to make it happen. I'm um.
1: keeping my phone off the hook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. It's great. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with the CW stars Katie Lotz and Candace Patton about their website, g Authority. And if you like the show, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know, too, who you want to hear from. What stars and producers should we invite on the show? Email us at podcasts at variety.com. See you next time. Plus.